Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. for coming out this evening, and uh, if you have a Bible with you, and I hope you do, please turn to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, we're going to be looking at verses 5 through 7. I've always believed the Bible is a very practical book that helps us in day-to-day life, and tonight we're going to be talking uh, what Paul writes to us about combating worry in our life. Now, a lot of us will say that we don't worry. Like, I don't believe in worry, but I get overly concerned about things. And so we have this little cute thing we try and do on our heads to combat things that really concern us, get on our nerves, that we worry about. Amy said that uh, in a few weeks, one of the missions projects is uh, taking uh, gift bags to college students prior to finals. Well, I know finals time is a crunch time for a lot of students. And you can get kind of worried about your grade. Sometimes the difference between one letter grade up or down hinges on finals. Uh, when we think about our kids and grandkids taking finals at school, sometimes parents will send a little extra money or a little extra food to them or something nice just to encourage them. And so in any stage of life, we're prone to get anxious and worry about things. And our Lord and Savior Jesus says, don't do that. Don't waste your time worrying about things you can't change. And Paul, in this practical letter to Philippians, it's a pretty upbeat uh, series of, of of words that he wrote to the church. And in chapter 4, he just kind of throws in this little thing about worry in a few verses. So in verses uh, 5, 6, and 7, let's just uh, go ahead and read that in chapter 4. He says, Let your graciousness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Don't worry about anything. But in everything, through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses every thought, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Just prior to that, in the few verses ahead of this, he had addressed a couple ladies that had a little conflict in the church. And then prior to this in the letter, he talked to the Philippians about how generous they were and how kind they were and how they gave his heart joy. And so as Paul wrote this whole a letter to the Philippian church, it's just pretty upbeat, and he's encouraging them here not to get overly concerned with what's going on in their life and their church, but to remember some very basic things, like uh, let your graciousness be known to everyone in verse 5. In other words, graciousness is contagious, just the way negativity is contagious. And so if you want to combat worry in your life, focus on being a person of grace, a person of forgiveness, a person which... Uh, can look at another in, in life in some, some way, in some capacity, and extend a, a cheerful greeting to them, help them out a little bit in some way, encourage them with a smile or a nod or an encouraging word. And that's being let our graciousness be known to everyone, and that's how it's contagious. But we have to do something about it to let our grace be contagious to people. We have to put uh, some words and some actions to our thoughts. Uh, so to have our graciousness be infectious means it's going to catch. It's going to go to someone else. It's contagious. Sometimes we do that just by a chance encounter. You might walk across the street to the deli or the next time you go to a restaurant or you go to Walmart, find someone who's having a bad day or in a cranky, cranky mood, 
and make a little joke with them or smile with them. I was checking out at Walmart uh, last year in the, around the Christmas time. I had to go there for the office, and uh, it was crowded, and I was uh, trying to hurry up and get through there, and the, they opened a new checkout line. It was an assistant manager who was going to check me out, and you could tell she was not real familiar with the checking part. She managed people. She didn't check people out. And so I gave her my nonprofit tax card, and she was supposed to type the numbers in there, and she looked at that, and she handed it back. She says, it's not signed. I can't use it. I said, okay, not a problem. Not everybody else has taken it the last 10 years. The thing's worn out. You can see that. But you don't want to take it? Fine with me, you know? And she began to scan my stuff, and her manager came over, and she says, you can take that, which meant she had to delete everything she'd already scanned and type my little number in, and that made her a little upset. And I said to her, I'm sorry that this is happening, tried to lighten the mood a little bit, and she was kind of upset, and um, I don't know what else was said. And she scanned something, and then it didn't ring up right the next item. So she was frustrated again because then she had to type in the little number on the barcode, you know. So she was not having a good day. And I said to her, it looks like you're not having a very good day. What's, what's going on? And she said, well, my grandfather's dying, and he raised me, him and my grandma. And then it'll just be she and I, and she's in very poor health, and I'm just really worried about that. And it's Christmas here at Walmart, so I'm working 18 hours a day and just kind of ran it a little bit. And that was fine. And so she got me checked out, got my little stuff bagged out, and got to sign everything. And I said, so can I pray for you? And her face froze. And I thought, oh boy, I've upset her now. She's going to say, no way, are you praying for me? And she got a little tear in her eye, and she said, yeah, that would be nice. And so I bowed my head to pray for her, and I looked down the line behind me where there were people ready to check out. Every person in that line bowed their head. I think they were relieved that there was going to be a break in the hostility at the cash register, you know. But graciousness was infectious because when I left there, her demeanor changed a little bit. Not because of anything except her prayer. And I'm convinced of that. And that's just one example of how our, our graciousness can be contagious. Paul also goes on to say here in verse 5 that uh, the Lord is near. Let your graciousness be known to everyone, the Lord is near. Now, I think that it's a pretty common thought among most believers in Christ that we know God is everywhere, God is omnipresent, he's right here with us, but sometimes we're just not feeling it. Let's just be honest with ourselves. If we're having a life crisis or a, a bad day, or as I like to say to some people, an Eeyore day, if you've watched Disney and Eeyore's always got this cloud over his head in the Disney cartoons. If you're having that kind of day, you don't feel that God is very near. You feel like he's far away. And when we reach that point in our journey with Christ where we feel like God is not near, guess what? You moved. He didn't. You're the one that's moved far away. If you've been around children very long, especially toddlers, when something happens in life that frightens them or some days the word is a little clingy sometimes, you just can't get away from them. They're underfoot. They're worse than a puppy. You feel like you're going to move and step on them, and you just can't get away from them. They just want to be right around you all the time. God says to you and I, he wants to be that close to us. He wants to be resident in our lives. He wants to have this great relationship with us that we never feel far away from our Heavenly Father. 
But I do some things intentionally some days, and you can too, which distances ourselves from our Heavenly Father. We just, in one sense, take a step back from the Lord, and we do that by not getting in the Word. One of the things that we have to do as believers in Christ is read the letters God has written to us, all 66 books of them in the Bible. You don't have to read a lot. You can if you want, but you need to read the Word of God because that helps you connect with Him and get His presence near you. And the second thing is very basic Christianity 101. Talk to Him. There's a, a misconception that our prayers have to be very formal. They don't. Talk to the Lord just like He's sitting right next to you in the seat tonight. And let Him know what's going on in your heart. Let Him know what really bothers you. If we cannot do that, then we're trying to fake ourselves into believing God's in our heart when he's not. The Lord is near. He's right here with us. He wants to be our counselor, our guide, our advisor in our life. And to do that, we have to let him get close enough to us and trust him enough to share everything in our heart with him. You know, and guess what? If we really believe God knows everything anyway then he already knows what we're thinking. The psalmist writes, he knows my thoughts. When I go up to the heavens, he knows what, what, uh, where I'm at. And when I uh, get ready to speak, he knows what's on my lips before I say it. God knows what we're going to do, what's going on in our hearts and lives. So share your heart with the Lord. That will relieve this sense of worry. The third thing here in this passage of Scripture that we see is that uh, through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, let your requests may be, be made known to God. Worry is battled with prayer and petitions. Worry is battled with prayer and petitions. We're in a pretty great battle in our, in our culture today with excessive bad news. I truly believe that in negativity. Uh, Politics has polarized us. Uh, negativity is on our lips, whether you're in church or at the coffee shop, at McDonald's, in the classroom. It's just a hostile environment for all people, and that does create a sense of anxiousness and worry. And Scripture teaches, Paul writes to us, don't worry, the commandment, and here's how, what you do about it, but in everything, everything that concerns you, talk to the Lord about it. Now, that can make a pretty long prayer list for most of us. So we've got to carve up enough time to pray. Now, I tend to be kind of an early riser, and I enjoy being an early riser. But the more I have to pray, things I have to pray about, the earlier I have to get up to have an extended prayer time in the morning. One of my uh, daughter-in-laws texted me, uh, about a month and a half ago, and she works a night shift uh, at a hospital in Jackson, Tennessee. And she texted, and somebody had died, and the family was having trouble, and she said, just say, say a prayer for us. Our floor is really upset tonight. She was the lead nurse on a floor of about, uh, I think she had six other nurses she was supervising that night. Wasn't a good night in Christian world. I know you'll probably get this before I get off work. Say a prayer when you get it. Let your, your petitions be known to God. A petition in our culture today is a formal document which people sign to support something. 
I'm a member of the Van Day School Board. I'm elected every four years to serve on the school board. To become an elected official on a school board, you have to have 65 signatures on a petition of residents in your school district that says they believe they want you to run for the school board, which means you should get at least 65 votes. If you can't get 65 signatures, then you can't get your name on the ballot. The Lord says to you and I, as I read this passage and flesh it out in my head, not only do I and you let our petitions be known to God, the things that are important to us, the formal documents, we involve other people in joining us to pray about the things that are important to us. Like Kristen letting me know, hey, I've got a bad night at work. Pray for us. Maybe one of your kids, your grandkids, a good friend of you, can let you know something's going on in their life. They want you to be praying for them. Share your request and make them not only known to God, but to other people. You see, the battle that we're in today to free ourselves from worry, it's a big one. And if we truly want to know the freedom in our heart that Christ has for us, we've got to put aside our pride and ask help from the Lord and involve some other people in getting help from the Lord. And as we do that, the promise of God is he will free us and give us peace in our life. And that's what, he's, what Paul writes in, these next, in that next verse. Uh, after we pray and let our petitions be known to God, we do that with thanksgiving, letting our requests be known to God. Do you ever think about um, how important it would be to say thank you to God in advance for answering our prayers? Something I never really thought through a lot. And it's not a fake faith. It's not a name and claim it doctrine where God, thank you for giving me my new car, my million dollars, paying off all my debt, anything like that. It's Lord, you've heard my petition. Thank you for listening. Thank you for acting in my life on my behalf. Pray with thanksgiving. Pray with faith. Pray believing God can change your situation. And then God says, the peace of God, which surpasses every thought, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. One of the things that I think Paul is telling us here, if we really want to get rid of the worry in our life, if we really want to know the peace that God has for us, we have to change our thinker. There's a little phrase, when, when life gives you a stinker, change your thinker. Life gives you a stinker, change your thinker. We change our thinker by changing the direction of our thoughts. Prayer is that attack of changing the direction of our thoughts. Reading the scripture helps change our thoughts. It gets us out of the rut of our mind running rampant and wild into negativity into the positive nature of God, the God who can rescue. The psalm that Caleb read talks about God rescuing us. David said, my enemies are all around. God, you're here. You got me. You got this. You got my life situation. God's peace can overcome the worry if we confess our worry as a sin. Sin is something that separates us from God. Worry separates us from God. And because of that, then... The scripture teaches the peace of God which passes all understanding can come into our hearts as I allow the peace of God to come into my heart. 
And that peace of God, as it comes into my heart, comes sometimes dramatically, sometimes slowly. All depends on my heart, how accepting I am of the peace that God wants to give me. It'll surpass my thoughts. It'll overcome those negative thoughts, that worry that I have in my heart and soul. And Paul goes on to write here, the peace of God which passes every thought will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Christ wants to guard our hearts. A guard is one assigned to protect or oversee. If I'm going to allow God to guard my heart, I have to put him in the right position. There's a football position on the offensive line and defensive line known as guard. And that position is supposed to block the opposing players from coming through the line. So that protects the quarterback if you're an offensive guard. Also, if you're an offensive guard, at times what you do, you move your opposing player out of the way so the running back has a clear lane to run through. Jesus is our offensive guard. He's clearing the path in our heads to allow us the freedom from worry that he wants us to have. He can guard our hearts from worry if we'll let him. Luke 12, 34, Jesus tells us, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. If we treasure our relationship with Christ, if we're sure he's the king of kings, if he is the Lord of our life, he's going to guard your heart and my heart from worry. But we have to let him by investing in the right things. That is spending time with Christ, developing the relationship we have with him, being gracious to those that we have and praying with the thankful heart, believing that God is going to honor our requests. But then we come to the point sometimes in our life where we're so used to being a worrier that worry's like an old friend. And we don't really want to get rid of it because we're comfortable with worrying. It's interesting in life how we become comfortable with bad things and we just want to hang on to them because it's a sense of boundaries. We know where everything is, even if it's a bad thing. Several years ago, uh, my first wife, Debbie, managed a, a nursing home, uh, nurses in a nursing home and CNAs, and she called me one morning at work, and she said one of her CNAs had been beaten up by her husband over the weekend. And she wanted she and I to find a way to get this lady and her three kids out of the home. And my response to her was, I'll work on it, but you need to be prepared that she won't leave. Having been down that road before, many abused people would rather stay where they know what's going to happen than risk getting outside and in, to the unknown. By the end of the day, Joanna wasn't going to leave her husband. We had a place for her to live, two months rent paid, all utilities paid, but she wasn't leaving. My wife was heartbroken. And she said, I couldn't believe she wouldn't leave. I said, well, you know, the fear of the unknown is greater than the fear of the known. The same it is with worry many times. If getting rid of the worry means we have a new freedom, we don't know what, our minds don't know what to do with that opportunity to do new things, how to share our faith with other people, how to help someone else. And so Christ tells you and I, stop worrying. Paul writes it in this letter. Don't worry. 
but through prayer and petition, make your requests known to God with thanksgiving. And he'll guard your heart and provide you this great opportunity in your life for freedom. But we've got to get rid of the worry. We've got to want to get rid of the worry. Joy and I watched a movie this past 10 days. It's an old, old movie called Mr. Mom. And in this movie, there's a, a dad which was attached to his flannel shirt, and he was having a bad time in life. And uh, there was a little boy named Kenny in the movie, which was three years old, and he had a blanket they called his Whoopie. And everywhere Kenny went, the Whoopie went, because he needed it for protection. And there was a little drama in the movie with the husband and wife, and she finally said, you need to shape up, shave, get rid of that old flannel shirt you've worn for six weeks in a row, and shape up and act like a man. And then seen the movie, he threw his shirt in the fireplace. Then he looked at his three-year-old and said, Bud, you got to get rid of the wooby. I think God is telling you and I some days it's time to get rid of the wooby worry. It's time to throw it away, stop worrying, stop obsessing over things, take a right turn in our minds and focus on Christ. He's saying, I'm going to stop worrying, Lord, about all this stuff. You've got me. The worry distracts me from my mission with Christ. If, you're, if we're believers in Christ, if you're here tonight and you know you have Christ in your heart, that's the initial step. Jesus says, come unto me, all you who are weak and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. We need rest from our lives, from our worry, from our concerns. And he's just not joking around. And so uh, lay your, your worry with Christ. He's ready for it. If you're here tonight and you're not a believer in Christ, uh, Jared's here to share with you how to become a Christian. Uh, just uh, stick around for a little bit afterwards and, and talk with him about how to become a follower of Christ. If you're, if you're here tonight and you're a believer in Christ, maybe it's time in your heart and head you took a step to say, Lord, I'm sick of being a worry wart. Help me just pitch it all in your lap, and I thank you for doing that. Help me to get a fresh start tonight before I leave this place. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com, or you can like us on Facebook.